0: But uh, Galatians chapter 5 this morning, uh, we're talking about growing spiritually, and we've been in this series for several weeks now and continuing on, talking about growing spiritually in our walk with the Lord as believers in Jesus Christ. What does that mean? God wants us to grow. Uh, There is no such thing in the Christian life as stagnation. There is backsliding, there is running away from the Lord, as Jonah did, turning your back on God as a, as a child of God, but there is no such thing as stagnation. We're either growing or we are not growing, and, and we're in sin when we're not growing because God has for us in this Christian walk a daily opportunity to grow in our walk in our relationship uh, with him growing spiritually in 2021. And this passage in Galatians chapter 5, if I could draw your attention to verse 13 with me as you look in your Bibles as I read aloud here, Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 down to verse 16. The Bible says this, For, brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to, Lord, not only uh, give attention. Uh, to the reading of your word, but to, Lord, hear it uh, proclaimed. We pray that you'd give us exactly what we need, Uh, not this preacher's ideology ideology or, uh, Lord, uh, philosophy, but not even this outline, Lord, but give us something from your word, something fresh, Lord, that we can apply to our lives, we pray, and we trust and thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen passage in Galatians here, we look at uh, these verses, and I want to key in your attention first to uh, these verses here. Verse 13 says, Paul says, brethren, you've been called unto liberty, only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. The problem with the believers here in the churches of Galatia was this, is they had accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior, but they had listened to the lie of the devil that Jesus plus something was how a person really was saved. And that is legalism, by the way. As you read through the book of Galatians, you find that Paul again and again Uh, that God blasted these churches uh, for the fact that they had accepted Jesus Christ but were now being told by the liar's who were proclaiming and preaching a false message, which was the Judaizers themselves, were teaching that in order to be truly saved, you had to do this, this, and this. You didn't just believe and accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and put your faith and trust in Him, but you had to meet all these other criteria. And that is always, by the way, legalism. That is what legalism is. is It is adding something to the gospel. Legalism says... It's not by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. It's by grace through faith in Jesus Christ plus something else. And they give you a long list. Well, folks, let me say this. All of the false religions and philosophies and cults of the world uh, try to intermingle somehow that people get to heaven some other way other than through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they lead people to a Christless eternity in a place called the lake of fire. Mark it down. Every false religion and false cult in the the world today says it is Getting to heaven in your own way. It it is Jesus plus something. It it is, is yes, we believe uh, that Jesus was a real person, but we don't accept him as fully God and fully man. He's not the same. Uh, You look at any cult, any false religion. You look at any doctrinal belief system that is erred in every way that is false in every way, and they always add something to what God has said in his word. That's legalism. Now, liberalism is taking something away from the fact that it is salvation by grace through faith alone in Jesus Christ. Legalism is adding something to salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Let me tell you something from the Bible that the Bible says that salvation is... Is accepting the Lord Jesus Christ on a belief that Jesus died, was buried, and rose from the dead, and believing that that is the only way a person is saved through Jesus' blood and trusting Him for forgiveness of sins. That's the only way a person's going to get saved. Now, these believers had believed the Judaizers' lies, and Paul said, Brethren, notice he calls them brethren. He's talking to believers who have faith in Jesus Christ. He says, you've been called into liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. He said, Paul said, we've been saved by grace through faith, plus nothing, adding nothing to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have put our sole trust in Jesus alone to be saved. You are in liberty, Paul says. God is not requiring the law of Moses for salvation. God is no longer uh, 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 saying this, that they had intermingled the law of Moses with salvation and saying, look, because there are Jews and because we, many of us, come from Jewish backgrounds or whether Gentiles, you must be circumcised to be saved. It is believing in Jesus as death, burial, and resurrection. But oh, wait a minute, you've got to follow the law of Moses to be saved. You know, there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians that do that today. There are a lot of folks, there are a lot of churches around this country, around this world that say, well, listen to me, uh, we all believe in Jesus and we love Jesus here. But if you don't join this church, you're going to die and go to hell. Show me that in the Bible, folks. Now, Jesus died for the church in the sense that he shed his blood for the souls of mankind, for you and I to be saved. But Jesus didn't die for this building. Jesus didn't die uh, for the membership that somebody can come and say, well, I put my faith in Jesus and, 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 and I want to join this church and I believe that's going to get me to heaven. Nobody ever got saved by coming and joining a church. Nobody ever got to heaven, and no one will ever get to heaven by being dipped in baptismal waters. Because you don't, you don't believe what I'm saying today. Look, the Mormons immerse, by the way. They immerse people into water, but for nothing. And they're not going to heaven, folks. Folks. Because if they haven't put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ solely alone and in his shed blood for salvation, they are following a lie. They are believing a false system. They are following a call. They are not following the word of God. And they are not saved until they come to true faith in Jesus Christ alone and in his shed blood. Paul said you've been called unto liberty. But don't use your liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Let me say this. Liberty in Christ is never... A license to sin we got lots of kids that need to get licenses for cars Jonathan's next in line Abby's just just dying to drive she can't wait to get in the car and say mom I'll go down and get the milk I'll see you in about an hour or so she just can't wait to take the car out this is free-spirited Abby nothing wrong with that it's her personality then I'm going to say, praise God, Abby, take the car and go get the milk. Take the car and go get the bread. Take the car and go to the post office. Jonathan as well. He's had to wait through this coronavirus just to be able to get his lessons that he needs. He's already done his driver's training. But he can't wait to get behind the wheel and drive himself to work this summer. Nothing wrong with that. But guess what? That license is not to be used for an occasion to the flesh cuz guess what i got news for you as a young person you get out on the road and you think oh boy and, and I never had this opportunity. Maybe some of you did. Maybe your mom or dad had a sports car or something or or, or had a uh, a car with mag wheels on it or uh, maybe had a minivan with, with wheels on it. And uh, you took it out and you thought, well, you know what? I've always wanted to do this because I've seen this in the movies or I've seen other people do it. As I just want to see what this thing will do at the stop sign. I just want to burn the tires a little bit. All boys, I think. No girls like that in here, right? <laughs> uh, there are some girls like that that uh, that uh, they would uh, probably get up beside uh, somebody and want to drag race them. I don't know. But, uh, you know, boys, sometimes they get up to stop sign and I'm just going to see what this minivan can do. And, and we had a little Chevy Cavalier and I was allowed to drive my parents' car. And uh, like any other kid, like any other sinful teenager, um, I, I said, you know, maybe this Cavalier will burn the wheels a little bit, a little force in there. Yeah, you could if you'd hold the brake on or uh, put the parking brake on and then uh, uh, slam the pedal down and release that parking brake, you probably could burn the tires up pretty good on it. I don't know. I'm just talking from what other people have done. But... Uh, Uh, It's not a license to send because I'm going to tell you what, when you get that license, there's responsibility with it. Yeah, there's liberty. There's freedom there. But guess what? Get out on the highway and drive it as fast as you can. I had a friend one time, and and when he got a car and got his license, he, he bored out his little Toyota I think he was going 120 down the interstate. And guess what? He got surprised when those little, uh, those little blue and red lights started to flash behind him. Like, what is that? And then he started to hear that siren. I think he was going so fast he was delusional. Is he after me? I think he is if you're going 120 uh, in, a, in a 55 on the interstate. You're in big trouble. And uh, you're talking about getting your license revoked, having the car taken in and and towed in, and you going possibly to jail and getting your license removed for a good while. Well, the cop was kind of uh, 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 gracious with him, wrote him a nice fat ticket, gave him some points on his license, didn't take his license away, but told him, if you ever, and this was his first offense, 120 or something in a 55, if you ever, young kid, dumb as a box of rocks and thinking, if you ever get another ticket going two miles over the speed limit, you're going to lose your license. You're done. And and this is your one warning. You get this one time free gift. Liberty is not a license to sin because before too long, you're going to see those lights flashing behind you, or you're going to get caught on camera. In England, they used to have little speed cameras. And they would catch you. Not all of them worked. I think most people, when you lived in an area, you knew which ones worked and which ones didn't. Some were for looks. And it's weird. They always told you, speak camera. And, and then they would be hidden in the trees or hidden behind the, a sign or something like that. They always told you, speak camera. But after a while, you knew which ones worked and which ones didn't work. And the people would just drive 50 in a 30. And, uh, but if one caught you, you would see it flash. And it would take a picture of your license plate, and every license plate was registered to that person. So it would send the ticket to your house, kind of just like the registration we have here. It would send it to the house. Now, they would identify you with that HD camera as to who was driving the car, and you could contest it. Well, I wasn't driving my car, uh, but you still got the ticket and had to then contest if you weren't the driver of the vehicle and to prove that it really wasn't you in the driver's seat. Um... And so liberty, Paul said here, is not a license to sin. Liberty in Christ is the freedom that we have to obey the laws of Christ as a believer in Jesus Christ. And Paul says, serve one another in love in doing that. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. We're not saying that the thou shalt" and the thou shalt nots that God has said in his word are not important. We're saying that to make a list of rules that the Judaizers had put upon uh, the terms of salvation in Christ were not what God had said was required. They said circumcision was required. They said obeying the law of Moses, keeping the law of Moses was necessary along with believing in Jesus to be saved. That is nowhere found in the Bible. It's no different than a church telling you, well, you have to believe in Jesus, but you got to come join our church and you got to get baptized and join our church and do all these lists of do's and don'ts if you really want to go to heaven. That's what Mormonism does, by the way, is they never know if they're really saved or not because they're not trusting in the same Lord that we do. They do not believe that he is God. They do not believe that Jesus is God. They believe he is a God, an ascended master, and that you can be too. All you have to do is you have to work a little bit harder and you can be a God too. And one day you're going to inherit, if you follow all of the uh, rules and laws that the Book of Mormon teaches you and the writings of all the prophets, then one day you're going to inherit that, that, uh, uh, that planet that, that, that God will give you because you have attained your Godhood. Where's that at in the King James Bible that they say they use? Nowhere to be found, folks. And this is what Paul is saying to the Galatian believers. He said, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh to sin. And sin against God in doing so. But by love serve one another. Here's our point this morning. If we want to grow spiritually in 2021 as a believer in Jesus Christ, We need to grow spiritually in love. Thinking about this is, and I I know that we don't follow the world's philosophy of, 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 of Valentine's Day in that sense, but we can, as believers in Jesus Christ, and do experience at salvation, the moment we have trusted Jesus Christ, the true meaning of love. Because it is a gift from God. And true love is Selfless. True love is sacrificial. True love puts the needs of others before ourselves. True love comes from God. Do you know our world doesn't have any concept, any idea outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ what true love is? That love to them is lust. That love to them is me, self. My pride, what I want. Love to them is sensual. Love to them is lustful. Love to them is devilish. That's what they know as the word love. That's what Hollywood promotes. Uh, That's what uh, going back all the way to what uh, the apostle Paul is writing here to the believers in the churches of Galatia. Paul is writing not about lustful love, not about sensual love, not about self-serving love, not about the... If you will, eros love of the Greek world, which is, by the way, nowhere found in the character of God, the perfections of God. Agape love is who God is. God is agape love. God is love. Our God is perfect love, selfless, sacrificial, putting the needs of others. God sacrificed his son for our sin. Is that not love? The greatest demonstration of God's love was Jesus on the cross shedding His blood for the sin of the world for you and I. That's God demonstrating His love. That is agape love. And this is what Paul is talking about here in our service to Jesus Christ. He says, but by love. Notice he says, serve one another. If we're to grow spiritually in love in 2021, we need to learn what it is to truly love God first and foremost in our walk in the Christian life. Because God is the one who has given us love. Who has shown us love. Who demonstrated His love in the person of Jesus Christ and His death on the cross. God is the one who loves us unconditionally, folks. Knowing. <laughs> We are sinners, knowing that in spite of our sin, that he provided salvation through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. God doesn't wipe away and push our sin under the rug because of love. God says, I love you in spite of who you are. He knows who we are. And God says, I love you. I hate your sin, but I love you. Now, in that same love, serve one another. And this is a command, by the way. This is not a suggestion. By love, serve one another. Some Christians, some believers, some churches have come to the point in their life that they are just like the Galatian churches. They have believed the lie of the devil. That I am not called of God to put God first in my life. I am not called of God to love God first and to love my neighbor as myself because I have set myself up as the rule book, as the authority for who I'm going to love. Now where is that at in the Bible? You look at folks all the time. I can't, I can't fellowship with that person. I, I can't go to that... And, 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 and I'm not saying this loosely, but I can't talk to that person because look look at who they are. Look, look at the earrings and the ear piercings and look at the tattoos all over them. Folks, Jesus Christ would have went to those people and shared the love of God with them that He is the Savior of the world, that He is the only hope for them. Jesus would have went to them first, by the way, because the Pharisees in this world had rejected Jesus' message. The religious leaders in this world had rejected the love of Jesus, and Jesus went to the down-and-out folks who were giving ear, who were listening, who were accepting that love. Now, Jesus didn't negate the fact that the Pharisees and the rich and those who saw themselves and were full of themselves and who worship themselves, and who worship their own rule book, if you will, Uh, when it came to Judaism, Jesus didn't neglect to go to them. Jesus didn't refuse to go to them, but Jesus said, they're not listening, I love them, but it is these people as well, whom the Pharisees, by the way, would not even cross their own path that Jesus went to and set an example for us. By love, Jesus served others in his ministry. Where's that today? Let me share this with you. If somebody comes in and they don't look like you and I, and they're not dressed like you and I, and they don't smell like you and I, and, 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 and maybe it looks like they just walk, maybe that's not, you said, Pastor, that won't happen Here. People pulled up here all last year when I came here on Wednesday night and come into the service and, 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 and saw the lights on here and stopped off the road and came in. You know what? They didn't look like you and I. Uh, they didn't smell like you and I. Uh, they didn't come from the same place, maybe in the same upbringing, the same social status that you and I did. But uh, they were welcome to come down and, and sit down and be part of the service and listen to the gospel. And it should be that way. We should offer them the best seat. Here, come sit up front. Come sit by me. You know what? A lot of people in churches today would say, Boy, who's that person? Look at them. They're not welcome here. Let me just say this, that in the day in which we live, there are a lot of churches around this country that that if a person of another color came into the service, they would not be welcome there. It better never be said of us. That as believers in Jesus Christ, that would be said of us. That people from other cultures, from other countries, people from other walks of life, people that are down and out, could not come in and be loved by us. We should love one another, but we should serve one another in love. And it is the greatest demonstration of the gospel to the world when God's people love God first and love their neighbor as their self. Because when our uh, vertical relationship is right with God... As we were talking about last night in our devotion time at home, as our vertical relationship with God is right, as Paul said there, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In verse 16, when our vertical relationship will is right with God, our horizontal relationships will be right, and we will serve one another in love. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, Jesus said the first of commandments is this thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thy heart with all thy soul with all thy strength and with all thy might this is the first commandment but the second is this, Jesus said, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. That passage is found in Luke chapter 10, verse 27 that I just quoted. The second is this. What Paul quotes right here is the second commandment that the Galatian believers were not fulfilling. They were not loving one another as they love themselves. They were rejecting their neighbor because they didn't meet the qualifications or standards that they had set up which were outside of God's word for salvation. Not circumcised, out of here. Not obeying the law of Moses, out of here. God didn't give the law of Moses so that it could be a checklist of do's and don'ts. God gave it as a command and if you did not obey it, it was sin against him to break it in one point. To show and magnify sin is why God gave the law of Moses and all the commandments that were contained therein. And there are more than just ten, by the way. We often quote the first ten that God summarized, but Jesus summarized them all in two in the New Testament. Mark it down. Love God with all your being. That is a paraphrase of that verse from Luke chapter 10, verse 27. Love God with all your being. It starts with that. If we can't love God with all our being, our vertical relationship is wrong. We are in sin. We are not loving God as we've been commanded to. How can we love our neighbor as ourselves? Neighbor is anyone around us. It's your brother and sister in Christ. You may not agree with them. You may not agree with the way that they're living. They might be living in sin. There are an awful lot of them that are living in sin, that are habitually living in sin, that are battling with addictions, that are battling uh, with prescription drugs, that are battling uh, uh, with obsessions to, uh, and addiction to pornography, that are battling with this thing or that vice or this vice. And they're they're not seeing God bring victory in their life, but that doesn't mean that we should not love them. We should serve one another by love. It doesn't mean that we set their sin and push it aside and say, oh, well, that's okay, uh, brother or sister, that's all right. You know, um, we're just human after all. No, that's not what we're to do. We're to minister to them and love them because God loves them, knowing that they're sinners. God is love, 1 John four sixteen says. God is love. That is unchanging. Mark it down. God is love. That is His perfection. God is love. And the only way that we can know true love is coming from God. He saved us by his love. He says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. That's love. Love is giving. It's unconditional. It's selfless. It's sacrificial. It is giving. It is taking our time and setting aside to worship, to love, to adore God himself himself than God to show us and teach us how we can do the same to others in our life and serve them in that love. Growing spiritually in love in 2021 requires us to love God with all of our being, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Who is your neighbor? Look around. Look beyond that as well. At home, husbands, love your wives. Wives, the Bible says... Teaching them to love their husbands. The older spiritual women in the church who were godly were to teach the young ladies to love their husbands. Titus chapter 2, verse 4, the first passage, husbands, love your wives, is a command, not a suggestion. Ephesians 5, 25, verses 28 and 33 as well. Commands, not suggestions. By love, Paul said, serve one another. Because when we get Into the realm of legalism, we start looking around and comparing ourselves among ourselves and say, well, you know what? Uh, That person has this sin. How about taking a look at our own sin in our own life and letting God deal with that? That'll give us plenty of time in our day uh, for God to convict us about the things that we say that we shouldn't, the things that we do that we shouldn't, the attitudes that we have that we shouldn't have one with another or with God many times throughout our day. You know, a lot of us, we want to see other people's lives straightened out. What about our own? That's why we're here today. Folks, the church is to be a hospital. The church is to be a place of, of healing. The church is to be a place where people can come and where they can sense the love of God, know the love of God from that place because our hearts are knit together in love. Not that we're finger pointing like the church of Galatians saying, oh, well, you knew that fellow. Oh, well, you knew that sister. Oh, well, you know this individual. is They're just not right with God. And we start to get in ourselves puffed up and full of pride. And we start to say, look at how good I am. Look at what a good believer I am. I just wish everybody else would be like me. We're no different than the Pharisees that Jesus rebuked. And Jesus said, you're full of dead men's bones. You're just like those graves over there. your whited sepulchers. It's you look real good on the outside, but take a look within. And what's in that grave? Dead men's bones. Take a look within the heart. You're not full of faith, Jesus said. You're not full of righteousness. You're not full of the love of God. You can't even love God with all your being and you definitely don't love your neighbor as yourself because if this vertical relationship is right. If I'm walking in the spirit, then guess what? I'm going to come over and say... Sister, how can I help you? How can I pray for you? Brother, how can I pray for you? How, how can I help out today? What, what, what do you need in your life right now? Is there anything that I can give of myself, give of my time, just to give ear to the things that are going on, just to listen sometimes? And it should be that way in all of our vertical relationships, folks. When it comes to the home, if husbands would lead their home, and I'm preaching to myself as well, if we as husbands would lead our home in a way that we love God with all our being, guess what? We would forget about what we want. We would forget about our own needs. We would start focusing on the most important thing apart from Jesus Christ and our relationship with Him is our dear wife in this life, and we would minister to our dear wife in such a way that we would say, "Honey, what do you need? How do you need your uh, needs met? Uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally?" And we. Would would run to those needs and put our needs aside. And I'm telling you what, that 50%, over 50% uh, of Christian marriages wouldn't end up in divorce if husbands would lead their homes in a way which was pleasing to God and pleasing to Christ by serving one another in love. I'm preaching right here, folks, because this is where the devil's attacking. If wives would say, I'm going to set out to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ as my husband and I are submitted to God, one uh, to another in the fear of God, that I'm going to set out to love God, to love my husband as God does, and not try and make him right, not try and correct him, because listen to me, you're going to fail if you think you can change a thick-headed man. Uh, it's not going to happen. You're not going to change him. God's going to have to be the one that changes these thick-headed men that uh, we are many times. It's going to have to be God. And God has placed you there in your ministry to love Him, to walk in the Spirit, to minister to Him, to put His needs before you. And that's when a marriage works beautifully in unity together. It's when we love God the way that we should. When we stop loving God the way that we should, and we stop loving one another as we should love and do love ourselves, folks, we'll stop ministering, we'll stop serving the Lord, because we've already given up on him, how can we effectively minister and love and serve our wife and children and families and unbelievers in the world? Notice what he says. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this. Verse 14, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 15, but if you bite and devour one another, that's exactly what they were doing. Oh boy, you want to go to a church that's full of a mess? Uh, and thank God we don't have that. I've been there in the past. I've been in that situation and pastor church where they were biting and devouring and, and they were blaming this person and they were blaming the preacher and they were blaming this individual and they were full of so much hatred. There was no love uh, in, in any bone in their body, yet they called themselves believers and yet they were biting, devouring one another spiritually and Paul said, Take heed that you be not consumed one of another. The devil knows his tactics work, folks. And thank God that we can grow spiritually in this new year if we grow in love for God and for our neighbor. As believers, we need to grow in our love to God. We need to grow in our love to others. In Galatians 5, verse 14, we read that. Paul said, he's quoting here. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Let me close with this. This affects every relationship that we have. You say, "I, I preacher, you, you don't understand. You you don't understand who I'm married to. No, I know who Missy's married to. I don't have to understand your situation. I feel for her. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I can uh, do like everybody else. And, and we think that, uh, that uh, and, and this is just to say, our love should be expressed throughout the year, not just on this day. Yes, this is a special time and, and, and we went looking for roses and, and it was very hard to find and sometimes a little bit easier to find in England. I could go to any corner shop. I could go anywhere. There are flowers all over the place. They sell them on the streets. Uh, you could stop in your car off the side of the road and, and, and somebody from Europe or somebody from around the country has, has just bouquets of beautiful fresh flowers everywhere lined up on the side of the road and stop and pay a couple of dollars. You want 24? You want 36? Take them. It's five dollars. Okay, here, great, beautiful flowers last for weeks, sometimes a month. And so we went looking for flowers. We went looking for a balloon, and uh, we got a card and, and and all of those things. And and I got a little gift, and she got me a couple of things and uh, some special things that we're able to share. But you know what? That's just one demonstration of our love. It needs to continue throughout the year. By love, come up and just make your wife drop dead on the floor one day and come up and say, honey, what can I do today that would really help you out? You know, what do you need? Can I cook dinner tonight? She'd drop over dead. If you said, I'm going to cook dinner tonight, she'd say, no, hon, that's all right. I appreciate you wanting to help out, but I'm going to cook so the rest of us don't get sick and die tonight. And uh, I like to barbecue and stuff. And, and I, I do like to, uh, I'm more of an outdoor uh, chef. I don't know. But uh, I don't mind ma- I love making breakfast. And when it's breakfast time, even if it's dinner, uh, French toast, it's drop dead French toast. There's a way I make it. I like it when other people cook it. But my dad taught me, and, and there's just the way that he made French toast. And I got to make it that way. Everything has to be just right. And we go through a couple of loaves of bread, eating French toast. But you know what? By love, serve one another. Do you know it's the same way in the church? I'm closing with this. It's the same way in the church. If we don't love God the way that we should with all our being, love our neighbor as ourself, put others before ourself and our own needs in the church, do you know that there will be very little to no ministry taking place whatsoever? And that is the very reason Jesus hung on the cross for our sins was that he demonstrated the greatest love that's ever been shown to mankind by giving himself in love a sacrifice for our sin brother how can i pray for you and mean it and not go you know what you know what prayer requests i was given is this brother told me this no no Keep that between you and the Lord. And if they want to make that public and share that in a public request, that's fine. But they have shared something with you. You put that on your prayer list and pray for them. Be an encouragement to them. That's in love serving one another. I mean, there there are things that we've been praying about and things that that here at the church people have come together and helped out with. And, And you know what? In love, do that. In love, serve one another. There's a ministry for you right here where Jesus Christ has placed you at New Liberty Baptist Church is God has called you to be a blessing not only to the people here in this room, but to everyone around you, to your neighbor, to those co-workers that you work with, to people up and down your street, to people in Ashland County or whatever county or town you live in, to people all across this world where God will send you and lead you to love Christ and love others as Christ has loved us. And love, serve one another. Do you know that that was the main attraction? The first thing I saw before I ever heard about Jesus was I saw the love of God being demonstrated among those believers in the church before I ever heard the gospel. I sensed it. I saw it. I was overwhelmed by it. When I came... From my house and rode the church bus to Sunday school the first week, I saw believers genuinely practicing the love of God, yet I'd never heard the truth about Jesus Christ before in my home. I saw love being demonstrated. Do you know that that's what's going to attract people today to Jesus Christ? Is not us beating them over the head with the Bible, although they need to know what the Bible says in love. But it's not... It's not bashing them over the head with the Bible. And I know that we get called Bible bashers because we just simply believe what this old book says. And, and that's okay. The world can call us Bible bashers, but I, I've never once taken my Bible and physically beat anybody over the head. Maybe felt like it at times and uh, uh, with, with some of the folks that were hard-headed and, uh, and, 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 and felt like that, but that would have been in the flesh. But never once took my Bible and smacked anybody over the head with it. But I will stand on the word of God and in love, we should serve one another and we should in love minister one to another, because if that's not happening, the world's going to say, you know what? I don't see. I'm sorry. I don't see it. I'm I'm not and, and, and this may be from their perspective. I'm not getting the vibes from that group of Christians or from that believer at work or from that person, that there is any change, that there is any kind of genuineness coming out of them. They may never have heard the truth about Jesus Christ. Yes, they may have heard his name as a curse word. I think everybody in America, that, that is the way they demonstrate uh, and, and show uh, the name of Jesus is to curse his name in our country and then say they're Christians. Well, my Bible also says that that's absurd because if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you, you won't take the Lord's name in vain. you will be getting on your knees and repenting of it if you are. And if you call upon the Lord, you call upon His name with reverence and fear and awe of who He is, that He is the coming King of kings and Lord of lords, and you've accepted Him as personal Lord and Savior if you are a genuine believer in Jesus Christ. But the world says, I want to see a difference. There's a lot of young people. There's a lot of middle-aged people. There's a lot of elderly people in our world who don't know the love of God in Christ Jesus. Sure, they know eros, sensual, self-serving, lustful, devilish love, but they don't know the love of God in Christ Jesus. And God has called us to live Before God, walking in the Spirit, being right with God, being right with others. Does that mean everybody will love us? Absolutely not. But that means we are commanded to love them even if they don't love us, even if they hate us, even if they despitefully use us and and curse us and persecute us. We are to love them because recognizing that Jesus hung on the cross for their sins as much as He did for our sins and the sins of the whole world. Jesus died for them. Jesus loves them in spite of the fact that they are sinners and the only way that they are going to be saved is to know the love of God in Christ Jesus and have someone share the love of God with them. Either through a track, through an invitation to a revival meeting, to an invitation to a service, uh, by talking to them over the phone or or maybe it's messaging them on Facebook. Hey, friend, I know that uh, you're having a hard time right now, but I want you to be encouraged. Jesus Christ died for you. Jesus Christ shed his blood for you. Jesus was buried and rose from the dead, and He loves you, and He wants you to be saved. And if you call on Him and ask Him to come into your life and deliver you from sin, He will today. Mm-hmm. Share your testimony with somebody. You know, I, 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 I don't understand why people don't think that their testimony of how God saved them is a, is a powerful demonstration of the gospel. It is. We are miracles, living miracles, walking, living miracles in testimony of God's grace. And if we have been saved by God's grace, we can share that love with others. Hey, look, I I, I may not understand where you're at right now or what you've been through, but I know where God brought me from. God saved me. God delivered me. I was living like this and, and, and I thought I had all the answers and I thought I had life figured out. But Jesus came into my life and Jesus saved me because of His great love for me. Not that I had to get better before I came to Him. Not that I had to turn over a new leaf to come to Him. But that I came to Him just the way that I am and He saved me by His grace and delivered me from sin. And that's the same thing He'll do for you. Our testimony is a powerful witness of the demonstration of God's miracle of love in our life. Let it be that in our personal walk with God. Let it be that in our families as husbands, as godly husbands, as godly wives, as godly children. Let it be that in our walk among one another as believers in the Lord's church. Let it be that when we leave this place, that we are no different than we are here today, than we are when we go to work, if God give us tomorrow, that we love others. It's so easy to get caught up in the things of the world because the devil knows, hey, just get sidetracked with this. Just hate everybody at work like everybody else does. Just go ahead and and engage in the gossip. Go ahead and engage in the backbiting. Go ahead and, and be like everyone else in the world who knows not Christ. No, we are different. And we are to live differently, showing them the love of Christ. doesn't matter what you've done. uh, You may walk all over me. You may lie about me. uh, You may uh, stab me in the back, and uh, uh, not physically, but uh, you you might stab me in the back by telling lies about me, but I love you. And you know what? That person will go, what? I, I love you just the way that you are. Because as a Christian, God loves me, and He knows I'm a filthy, wretched, vile sinner, and God still loves me, and God saved me, and He loves you with that same love and wants to save you. They may not understand that right away, folks, but I'm telling you that that's the most powerful witness to somebody is us showing the love of Christ by serving one another. Jesus came, and He came to serve. Where's our example at? In the church, in our homes. You know, Jesus instituted the home before He did the church. Go back to that basis because the devil's destroying our families, folks. The devil's destroying our home. Why? Because of lack of love. You don't understand what they did to me, preacher, and what she said about me. And, and it can go, the list can go on and on of the excuses that I've heard. And, 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 preacher, you don't understand how he is. Uh, no, uh, maybe I don't, but you are to love him. And, and, and the, the, the things that, that, that happen and, and the hatred that comes in that the devil brings into the home and then it disperses down to the children as well because they see mom and dad and they see all these things happening and there should be love radiating from that home, the love of Jesus. should be love in the church radiating from the church from our hearts as we serve one another. As we close this morning, growing spiritually in 2021, God commands us To love Him and love one another and serve and grow in that love. Put others' needs before your own. You'll find it will take up the rest of your day instead of sitting thinking, oh me, oh my, I've got to concentrate on myself. No, that's what Satan wants us to do. There are times when we have things that we have to do, but most of that time should not be consumed with our list of what we need. It should be, what does someone else, how can I minister to them? How can I reach out to them today? How can I pray for others? It will get your mind and your focus off of you and put it on the needs of others so that they can be ministered to. There are many more needs that I could ever see God personally meet through my life each day that I am able to accomplish by being one believer. But look at what God accomplishes through His church. It's not up to one missionary, one pastor, one believer to change the world. Jesus said to the church, go reach the world. Go reach them by love. Don't worry about who they are, what they've done to you, how they persecuted you as Jews. Jesus said, go reach the world. Love them. Share the gospel with them so that they can experience my love as you have. Father, thank you for this day, thank you for the time that we've had to share together on this day, Lord, which the world looks at as a love that is lustful, a love that is sensual, a love that is devilish. But Lord, we know that you have defined love in a very different way, a different kind of love that the world will not know apart from Jesus Christ, agape love, sacrificial love, selfless love, unconditional love, love that gives instead of uh, tries to take, love that doesn't require anything in return. That is the love that Lord uh, describes and perfectly in your character is you. Help us, Lord, to serve in love and to serve you in love and serve one another with a heart of love, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's take our hymnals as we turn to our closing hymn, Just As I Am. We'll turn to hymn number 319 as we stand together and sing the first and the last, Just As I Am, 319.